Someone much older than me would say something like all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. But what if work is play? When we talk about success stories, very few people actually talk about fun, much less playing video games. In fact, we've been raised on this crazy idea that playing video games runs counter to working towards success. Well, this generation is having none of that because it's not just play anymore. This speaker is having none of that. We didn't just grow up on video games, we grew up on the belief that we can all be heroes in a world where we belong and have the power to shape things. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee. Let's get you caffeinated. When Acad Arena was founded two years ago, Justin Banusing had this amazing idea to build a community of gamers. It was intended to be a society where everyone was free to share their passions for gaming, and to learn from one another. Since then, hundreds of esports athletes and gamers have rallied to the banner of Akad Arena, a rising star of an organization in the world of esports. In fact, it's a UAAP of esports. As a gamer myself, sorry dad, I'm looking forward to seeing where the industry is after being more than six years removed. So from one gamer to another, I'm Elsit. Ready Player One, Justin Banusing. Thanks for being here. And I guess Ready Player Two, thanks for having me, I said. Okay, so first, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, your upbringing, your background, you go to school abroad, right? Yeah. You're so young, and yet you've started Conquest, you've started uh, Esports Academia, and you're still only just 21 years old. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like a long side, short side, like do you want something abridged? However, which one ever pleases you the most? Well, I guess the medium-sized one pleases me the most. All right, let's, let's go with that. But I guess like I'm Justin, I'm 21, and I'm currently a student at the University of Washington in Seattle. So I grew up here in the Philippines for most of my life, spent 18 years here, uh, went to high school at Philippine Science High School in, uh, in Haro. And then a couple of years ago, maybe six, five to six years ago, I began my journey in esports. So started off actually as a writer, writing for the Philippine Daily Inquirer, and then I somehow got a gig on ESPN. And then as I continued writing, I fell more in love with the operation sides of things. Like I loved writing, but I realized I wanted to create something. I wanted to build something. So in 2017, 2018, I decided to create this uh, pop culture convention in Iloilo called Conquest. So Conquest started off as like a high school project. Like, we realized that Iloilo didn't really have something similar to like, you know, like Comic-Con in uh, the US or ESGS in Manila. And we decided to bring something here, something that would really provide pop culture enthusiasts here in Iloilo with, you know, something that they can call their own, something that, uh, an event that they can call their own. And over the years that grew, so we started at 750, then 2,500 in 2018, then in 2019, uh, we hit 10,000, I believe, so that was pretty fun. Mm. But along the way, something I really realized was that a lot of the people who attended our event were students. And that a lot of these students were coming to these events because they wanted to connect with other students or other youth who were similar to them, who wanted to play games, who wanted to engage in pop culture. So that's why we started this uh, company called Akaderina. So to put things into a short sense, Akaderina is a national network of uh, over 300 schools for collegiate esports. So we're building esports in schools across the Philippines and hopefully soon Southeast Asia. So that's pretty much it for now. It's been a pretty long journey so far, but we're just getting started. 
How long has Esports Academia been uh, active? Uh, Academia has been active since uh, ano to, since uh, February 2019. So it's been it's a, it was actually the two year anniversary uh, last week during like two weeks ago during Valentine's. Actually, uh, just talking about Conquest, it reminds me that the first Daily Garden documentaries episode was about Conquest two yeah. years ago in 2019, and I was very sorry to hear that it was canceled for 2020 because of the pandemic. Yeah. Now, considering the ecosystem surrounding esports, and now you you appear to be one of the country's leaders in creating this ecosystem, do you think the pandemic was actually better for esports? Mm. I wouldn't say it's a, I, so. There's a, such a thing that people say that they say that new media and digital media is a COVID positive industry in the sense that uh, you know, like it wasn't really affected by COVID compared to others. But I actually disagree with that. I think that it's not COVID positive. It's just COVID neutral. It's just that the fact that the pandemic isolated digital media and, by extension, esports as one of the last things left. Really put a spotlight on it, so I wouldn't say that it grew because of the pandemic, but I would say that it kind of like you know put a spotlight by default, you know. It kind of funneled people into it, yeah. I think. But one of the biggest things about you is that you're 21 years yeah. old, and then you're going to school abroad right now remotely. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, and uh, at the same time, you've already been working on so many things that a lot of people, like as far as I know. Uh, I was raised in a family that always told me grades were always the biggest thing, right? Go yeah. to school, finish your school. A diploma is always better than work experience. What are your thoughts about that? Considering that you've kind of broken the mold a little bit here. I mean, I'm always like, uh, given that our company like is all about like pushing for you know keeping kids in school, for building education. I'm actually of the mindset that you'd really do like you know have to still take care of school. It's all about ma- it's all a matter of. You know, finding a way to balance your passion with your school. Like right now, uh, even though even though I'm working two jobs and uh, going to school, I still try to at least like maintain, uh, you know, staying in the honor roll and all that. Like I think it's all it's all a matter of like you know finding that balance between your passion and your grades. Because at the end of the day, you know, school is like my mindset is that school isn't necessarily the place where you learn the skills you need in order to succeed. It's rather it's where you learn to learn. And learning is the greatest skill you can have. Mm. So why did you dive into esports? Mm, it's actually a funny story. So uh, I wasn't actually a big gamer growing up. So I was more of a comic fan growing up. Mm. But uh, one, I actually like as, as I was like scrolling through YouTube to, to like uh, for a bunch of like comic reviews, like I comic this, books, right? Yeah, like uh, I found this like documentary on Super Smash Brothers, mm. and then uh, from there I kind of like fell in love with the idea of like. The, pas- the like the passion that esports has, like the ability it has to bring so many people together of all dif- of like so many different backgrounds. Like for example, uh, I come so my background isn't ex- actually from like Dota, LOL, or like the typical esports. I actually come from fighting games, mm. and in fighting games, you can typically see people interacting like people who are 13 years old up to like 40 years old. Like it's such a diverse scene, and seeing like a form of media have that power to bring people of all kinds together is the thing that really drew me to gaming. And esports in general. I mean, like gaming in itself, uh, we all kind of don't matter anymore. We meld into the character exactly. that we're playing. Like when you're playing, you're just a gamer. You're not. Yeah. You're not like it doesn't matter who you are outside of it. It just matters that you share the same passion. And you, some people find serenity. Yeah, exactly. In gaming, like they can be their truest selves without the pressure of society, being anonymous, just finding the character that you are, right? Yeah. 
I actually was a gamer myself for a little while here. We used to play at uh, Decipher, League of Legends. Uh, it was a week, I think, monthly, monthly tournament. It was pretty fun. And uh, you find everybody from all walks of life. You find people uh, bringing their girlfriends, bringing their families sometimes. It was what, to win 20,000 or 8,000 pesos? I think the entire prize pool was 20,000 pesos. And we'd all sit in this cramped internet cafe, like internet cafe for maybe 30, 40 people. And then there were maybe 20 teams. And then all the friends that came just to watch. So maybe 200 people in an internet cafe for 40 people. That's how powerful it was, what, eight, nine years ago? Oh my God. Yeah, and now it's uh, like, that same spirit is still there. But now it's like, like, I mean, COVID aside, it's like filling up arenas. It's filling up stadiums, convention centers. Like the power that games have to, uh, to bring people together is just something that's amazing. And that's why I'm in that industry. So you've just thought about bringing people together. That's yeah. what drew you to the basic idea of esports. Yeah, esports and events in general. But how did you find yourself in this industry, like in the sense of the operational sense? Because you underst I understand that you're talking about what drew you personally yeah. from, a, from an emotional standpoint, from an inspirational standpoint. But what about the logistics side of it? Like how did you go to learn or to meet all the people that have helped you or have formed these companies with you? Yeah, so pretty funny story. So. Uh, as mentioned before, I started as a writer, so start like uh, actually just like PM the Philippine Daily Inquirer page like when I was 14 or 15 because I wanted to be involved. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Do you have any room for any you know uh, writing interns?" Like I'm 14, I don't know much, but I would love to learn. Mm -hmm. And then they roped me in to their uh, to their esports team, which uh, which had at the time my mentor Paulo Bago, who currently works for Tier One, I believe. Uh, and then from there, they kind of like taught me the ropes. I learned a lot about the local industry. But then after, as I continued writing, as I continued attending events in Manila, in the U.S., because the Inquirer like flew me up to different places, I saw that uh, there really wasn't anything here in Iloilo for scale, for at least for fighting games, because PC games were alive here, pero fighting games weren't yet. So I stumbled into the operation side of things as sort of a like as a necessity or rather like out of out of like need like i never actually inten uh, intended to go into events or operations it's just that no one wanted to organize fighting game tournaments here in iloilo so we decided to start like a little uh, little org up in high school called isc events uh back in 2015 2014 and then we just started running uh small esports tournaments across the city so we held tournaments at cafes held tournaments at malls at local events, uh, I believe there was this there was this one time we actually uh, like shout outs to anyone who remembers this, but there was this small cafe called Fuel.ph before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we crammed the we crammed a fifty person tournament inside that venue, and that was pretty fun. Like uh, it was it's kind of like that rush or like that feel that events bring, that you know like the feeling that events are kind of like a combination of everything. It takes logistics, it takes creativity, mm. it takes pretty much everything. And then you have to kind of juggle all those together. That's kind of what made me fall in love with events. And as time went on, I kind of slowly drifted away from the writing side of things and more over to the logistics side of things. And kind of just, it kind of just evolved naturally to the point where we started running bigger and bigger events and bigger and bigger programs to where to, to like how we got to where we are today. Okay, so there are two things that I want to look into with what you just said. First... You started when you were, what, 15, 16? Uh, 14. 14 into writing for PDI and then running events. 
That's one. Yeah. Second is that uh, people, uh, for something that they're passionate about, will cram themselves into a small cafe just to play a game. Yeah. In order, and it's not even about the prize money. It's just to play the for game. For the community. To, to find the community, to find a place where they belong. So what I want to ask you about is, one, what didn't your mom ever tell you or your dad ever tell you, like, you know, stay in school, stop doing all these extra things. You know, school is the most important thing. Did you ever have that conversation with your parents? Yeah, I did, actually. Like, when I started, I actually told them that uh, I really wanted to pursue a career in this. So their only condition for me was I had to keep my grades up. I had to, uh, like, you know, like, stay a diligent student, like, you know, like, uh, make sure that I had a life. And for most of the part, like, I, tr I, I tried to balance both things in order to, like, satisfy those requirements. And I think, like, that ended up for the better, Naman. Because there's a small stigma, right? Yeah, there is a stigma about gaming. Yes. And uh, part, part of the reason why we built Ekaterina in the first place is actually, it's in our motto, we want to show that gaming is not just play. We're trying to show that gaming cannot only be a pastime, but also a uh, like, you know, a glue, a driving force to bring people together, as well as a potential career for people who want to pursue it. Because not everyone, I man, wants to pursue gaming as a career, right? Like, some people just want to use it as a passion, like, as, as a side gig or, like, uh, you know, as their pastime. But what we're here for at Akarina is we're here to empower every kind of student gamer, whether it's the casual student gamer who wants to just meet with fellow students and play with them, or the people who want to pursue an actual career in gaming, whether that be as a pro player or as someone working in the back end. Now that listening to you now and all the plans for Akaderina and what it's supposed to do, I'm starting to think that maybe I was born a few years too late because I'm right right now I'm still still young, but uh, I mean it's never too late to shift careers. <laughs> I wish I could, but my father would still kill me. I mean, I still live in my father's house, and my father is still very against gaming. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I think my I think what really helped was that my dad was a gamer too, so. Uh, when like when like when I you know when I went to uh, so I, I got flown out by ESPN like when uh, when I was 16 to the US to cover one of these fighting game events it was called Evolution in Las Vegas so it's the largest fighting game tournament in the world uh, my dad actually like the thing that really like allowed him to like or the thing that like you know pushed him to allow me to go to the US alone at such a young age was that he was also like a gamer himself like he knew these tournaments so I guess I was kind of born lucky in the sense that my my dad is also a big gaming fan too, so that kind of helped. Just a little story as an aside, when I decided to finally enroll in law school and give up gaming, because I actually went really hard into gaming, I actually thought that I was a pro gamer for a time, that I was sponsored by internet cafes, I brought my own gear to tournaments, is that I thought right before, right when I was graduating from college, I thought that if my father was in a, a meeting or in some uh, rotary event, and then his friends would ask him, how are your sons? And then he would say like, oh, my eldest is now a, no, a captain of Because my, uh, our, Lawrence, our publisher at Daily Guardian, was formerly a seaman. So he would tell his friends that he's now a captain, right? So with intense pride. Oh, what about your younger son? Oh, he, he plays games. So even within me, like uh, from the way that I was raised, I always thought that... Uh, Unless I got really successful, like internationally successful, it was not even a viable choice. So this now, Esports Academy transitions gaming from just being a game for fun to 
a league, right? Yeah, it's a, a league. national collegiate league. Uh, well, actually, we're not just a league. We actually, so that's that's the thing that we're trying to break away from the typical gaming program in that a lot of programs here in the Philippines are actually just competitive. They're only for people who want to compete. Mm. But we realized that gaming is, or like rather pro- professional esports is really something that caters to the top 1%. So how how... How do you cater to everyone else who wants to pursue a career in gaming but aren't necessarily, you know, like the most skilled players? And uh, honestly, you don't really have to be skilled at games to be in esports. Like, there's so many roles in the back end that need people who have skills outside of gaming. There's advertising, there's web development, there's, uh, you know, software engineering, event planning. Like, esports is such a multifaceted industry, but it's, it's uh, like, for most of the part, people just don't realize that their skills... Uh, can actually apply there. Like, actually, right now, most of the people who are working in the esports backend actually come from traditional ad agency backgrounds, too. So, there's actually a lot of room for people with uh, traditional skill sets in esports. Like, I would say having a traditional skill set is actually even more important than being good at games. That's actually interesting because uh, one of the Miami Heat players in the NBA, Duncan Robinson, he thought that he was never going to be able to make it to the NBA, right? So because he thought that, he actually tried to become a sports journalist because he just loved basketball so much. And he wanted to be around the sport. He wanted to work in the industry. If he couldn't be a basketball player, then just write about the players. Exactly. So I kind of like that idea. I kind of like that idea. And you did say it's not too late to change careers. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, even, even then, like the intersection that esports has with digital media means that it's not, it's, it's not necessarily a binary thing that you have to give up your current thing just so that you can work in esports. Like, there's so many people who combine their passions for different things with esports. There are people who are doctors who are managing their own esports teams. Like, my, my former boss at this uh, pro team I used to work at called Panda Global, he's actually, uh, he's actually a, uh, like a, a medical doctor, at the same time a pro team owner. So, like, it's, like people, people seem to think, like, I think one of the things that, like, I... Like we really have to deal with with our students here in the Philippines, or like I think it's just a problem with like the the way people are raised here in Asia in general is that people seem to think that like your passion or like your career is very binary that you have to like yes. focus on one thing and one thing only that you can't like like once you like let's say you enter uh, let's say you enter a career in like medicine right like you have to give up everything else everything else that you don't do for medicine is time wasted yeah like but I don't think that's the case like I think humans are very holistic people. And that having multiple things in your life is actually better for you. All right. So, uh, if anybody who's watching this is a friend of my dad, if I if you do if he does find out that I did switch into gaming as a career, it's Justin's fault. Yeah, call me. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the Filipino context, context, gaming has taken on a larger industry. Like you said, it was given a spotlight, right, yeah. during the pandemic. Now, this new identity itself is becoming more of a spectator sport, especially with the rise of streaming, for example. There are so many new personalities that have come out recently. Like uh, in the Philippines, it's uh, I don't know if I'm it's a Kong that yeah yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then there's Doggy Doggy and yeah. then Chooks. So uh, I actually don't play any of the games that they play, and it, I don't either. Don't worry. <laughs> it it makes me feel old to think like are these are their actual names or are they gamer tags? Th- those are their gamer. Tags. Oh, the gamer tags. Okay, good. <laughs> So can we recontextualize how important streaming is? First with how, for example, Ninja and Shroud can make or break a company just by streaming on a specific platform and how in the Filipino context, how it's just been 
so successful that everybody wants to be a streamer, streamer now? Well, I think the thing about streaming is that it took something that was typically reserved for like the 1%, like, you know, like media creation and like being like a quote unquote, like celebrity slash influencer. It's kind of taken that and democratized it where in the sense that all like all you need to do in order to get started, like obviously like it's a very hard process, right? Like you have to create original content, you have to like think of your branding, but in a sense, the entry barrier to it is as simple as Go, clicking go live mm. like it's democratized the way people can create media while it's still hard work and it's always going to be hard work to create good content mm. it's made it so that anyone has the ability to do it as long as they like you know uh, as long as they try i really like this idea now like what you just said because we that was a central theme in the reimagination conference that we had recently it said we said there that this is the golden age of storytelling because everybody has the tools to do whatever they wanted like before you needed an enormous amount of money just to even have the equipment to start filming. Now you can do it with your phone. Exactly. Now you can go live, right? And just with yourself, you don't need an entire team anymore to generate content. So this decentralization of, uh, or democratization of uh, content is kind of taking the world by storm, right? Yeah. As long as you have your phone, you can start streaming. Yeah, we're living in the age of the creator economy. Like this probably goes farther than gaming. Like, I'm pretty sure the creator economy is something that is, like, it probably has roots in gaming. Like, uh, it really started in the gaming area. But it has a potential, or actually is so much more than that now. Like, we have people who are monetizing, you know, like, uh, podcasts. People who are monetizing their uh, fashion shows. People who are... And actually, there's a lot of new platforms, right, that that have been created for people. Like, to make things even easier. Like, if you don't know how to edit, you can just... Find buy buy presets. If you don't know how to make your photo look good, you can buy presets again. Yeah, right? and like there's platforms like like TikTok that whose algorithms are there to like help make people influencers overnight. Like it's kind of crazy how we're living in an era where information spreads so fast that it makes uh that it helps people you know make a career out of their other content like not so easily but rather more accessible. You know. Yeah. It makes it more convenient and allow it bridges the gap between people who have ideas but don't necessarily have technical skills and then allows them to tell these stories yeah. through the platform. Yeah, shout outs to my day job at Pipeline. Oh, we're actually, so I actually, uh, outside of Ekaterina and uh, Conquest and you know, my school, I actually work at a day job at this company called Pipeline. So we're an uh, educational tech uh, platform built for people who want to be content creators. So, you know, if you ever want to learn how to be a content creator, a vlogger, a streamer, or someone who just wants to, you know, write or create anything, search for Pipeline on the internet. So there's actually a business that teaches people how to be content creators? Yeah. Mm, I thought you, for a second there, you were going to tell us that the shout out to Pipeline for helping me with my TikTok career, but okay. No, like, that's a funny thing. That's actually a, a, like, funny thing to reflect is that a lot of people, like, at the end of the day, even though there are a lot of creators, there's also a lot of room for people who support these creators, right? There's room for managers, there's room for editors, room for people who just work to support the creator ecosystem. So that also like has given birth to a lot of careers in new media. So those are the ancillary roles. Yeah. Exactly like with gaming or well, like exactly. basketball. All right. So gaming is now one of the largest pieces of content that it's become readily available. And also it's something that you don't need to script out. Yeah. Because it's easy. And it's also a new spectator sport, like literally a sport that people like to play. That's exactly what you're trying to go for with Academia. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break. <laughs> 
So we'll see you after the break. Get hopping because Easter is right around the corner and it's time to make it more exciting at Courtyard by Marriott Il Ilo. Feel the excitement with their chocolate Easter goodies. Make sure you catch chocolate eggs and bunnies or a whole nest cake. Make it a feast with an Easter Sunday roast. The Runway Kitchen is taking off outdoors for a great Sunday roast for lunch. Enjoy their pepper and herbs roast beef, roast orange ham, lemon chicken, and many other Easter dishes on a managed buffet spread. Bring home a hamper and have a quaint Easter celebration at home with Easter pastries, sweets, and a bottle of wine. Check out their Facebook page and Instagram page at Courtyard by Marriott Iloilo to see more or call 033-330-7600. That's 033-330-7600. So welcome back to Coffee Nated. We're here with uh, Mr. Justin Banusing, our very uh, overachieving and extremely busy guest. Let's talk about Esports Academia and uh, how you have branded it to be the UAAP of esports. Yeah. Now, I have a lot of uh, insecurities and regrets in my lifetime, like not playing basketball when I was younger. Maybe not being born in order to be part of Esports Academia's pro team, uh, collegiate teams. But why did you think about going at the college level first? Well, because one thing I realized was that people seem to think like stories like mine are flukes, right? Now it's pretty crazy for people at a young age to be involved in esports. But really, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a crazy thing. It shouldn't be a thing of privilege. It shouldn't be something that should be considered crazy. So that's why we decided to create uh, a Caterina to give students opportunities to, you know, be involved in the esports and emerging media space while they're still in uh, while they're still in school through whether that be through uh, playing for their collegiate teams, you know, running their clubs, running events in their school, you know, kind of creating a way to empower students to create their own stories and their own experiences, so that by the time they graduate college, you know, they can look back and say, I had my own, I had a fun experience at college, and at the same time. They're going to exit college with three to four years of experience working in the industry already through their clubs. So you're trying to bridge that gap, trying Between, to yeah. give people the same, almost the same opportunities that you didn't have or uh, you created for yourself. Yeah, it's uh, me because me and my founder, uh, me and my co-founder Aryan Lim, uh, we come from a very similar background. We both uh, were uh, working in esports at a young age, and we realized there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, pitfalls and a lot of things that people who are new to the industry don't have access to that because they don't have access to these things like mentorship, guidance, a full structure, they, you know, they easily burn out or they, they eventually reach a point where they say, I don't think I can pursue a career in this anymore or they have to like give up gaming. So we're essentially just trying to create the things that we wish we had when we were first starting out. And then you decided to give them scholarships yeah, for so being we, involved in esports. Exactly. So we launched... Uh, recent uh, scholarship program called the Globe Academia Merit Esports Scholarship. So a uh, very cute acronym. It's called the Games. <laughs> yeah, the, ga the Games. So the, the Games Fund is our uh, uh, fund with Globe where we essentially give scholarships to student leaders, uh, student competitors, 
and students in need who are involved in the gaming space to help them uh, continue their studies and reward them for their contributions to the space. What makes you so confident in just pushing all of these new things, things that people don't necessarily understand, things that people may even oppose and tell you it's not something that you should be pushing for with given how young you are? What makes you so confident? I wouldn't actually say I'm confident. It's just that I know these are things that have to be done, so I have to keep doing them. Like, I'm not going to say I'm not scared. I'm not going to say that I don't have insecurities. But what I do, what me and my co-founders know is that these are things that we know are for the greater good, and we're going to keep pushing on for them because we know they are uh, for the greater good. So you use the higher purpose, the higher calling to push you forward. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something internal coming from you. You feel it's something like a duty. Not necessarily a, du a duty, but in the sense now we know there is an opportunity and that and you just trust the process you just trust the process like you just gotta like it's not necessarily something entirely new like there are so like we, we'd like to thank all of the people who you know like were proofs of concept of this in the US in Europe and even in other countries in Asia like Korea and Japan where they proved that esports is really a force to be reckoned with and something to be respected that that gives us confidence that we should also try this out. Like, obviously, there's always the feeling that what if this doesn't work in the Philippines? You know, like, we have a very different culture. We have a very different set of dynamics here. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just uh, having that will to continue pushing on and creating opportunities for students. Because at the end of the day, uh, these students are going to be the future of the industry. So if we invest in the, the students of today, the people who will be making up the industry tomorrow is going to be even better. What type of adversity have you faced in uh, managing academia? Well, uh, on a personal level, like uh, let's go from a personal and professional level. On a personal level, it's always been just balancing that uh, work with my, you know, like my day, my day to day life. So like, you know, running a startup as well as like going to school, uh, at, like at the University of Washington, as well as uh, as well as like juggling a couple of other jobs. Like the challenge for me has always been finding a balance between work and you know school and li and like personal life that's always been like a struggle that i'm constantly you know working on something that i'm always continuing to improve on and on a professional level it's definitely been you know dealing with uh, school administrators and parents who you know for for genuine concern they they have concern that this is something that may not benefit their students so that's something that we've had to deal with constantly but we're always glad to explain the benefits of esports and what it can bring, bring because we believe in it now that I'm thinking about it, the way you have structured your life, there is a lot of room for an opportunity for chaos. Yeah. Like, do you prefer it that way? Uh, I like to say I thrive in the thrive in the chaos. In the pressure, in the entropy of all things, you can yeah. see so many opportunities arising from the chaos. Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know, man. I I like to think that life is like uh like life is all about finding like meaning out of the chaos. So mm. you know, it's it's a challenge. Like I'm not gonna say it's easy. Like it's it's uh it's a challenge every day. But if it's a challenge that's for the greater good, then I'm always down for it. So if you were to speak to Justin from five years ago, when you were, no, 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 six, seven years ago when you were 14, yeah, what would you tell him? Probably, um, if I were to speak to him, I would just say don't give up. Because like, there were so many times that I think I may have like, stunted my own development because I, I doubted in like, what we were working on. That... I feel like I could have made more personal progress if I if I just like you know like believed in believed in myself more. And at the same time, I would also tell him to have a better work-life balance because <laughs> uh, that's something that I've personally been working on over the past two years. Like 
when I was 14 up to 18, I basically didn't have a life outside of work and school and like uh, and like I guess like going out like so like having a so like so I had a social life, I had work life and then I had school life, but like I didn't take any time for myself, and that led to many points where I was pretty much burnt out. So I would tell myself in the past that maybe don't like like you know take some time for yourself like don't always feel the need to go out with your friends, like, you know, the feel FOMO, don't always feel the need to pick up this new side gig, don't always feel the need to uh, be over-perfectionist when it comes to your schoolwork. Like, take it slow and just chill. That's actually a very sound advice. And coming from somebody who's 21, who yeah. hasn't been reached the half of his life yet, that's uh, learning knows, a lot I'm, of insights from you. Who knows, maybe I'm working myself to death to the point where I am at the half point of my life, you know? <laughs> we don't know. Now, here's something that I, I, I was supposed to ask you earlier, but I forgot. DC or Marvel? DC. DC, 100%. Who? Give me top three. Mm, not superheroes, but Legion of Superheroes. Okay. Uh, That's uh, number three. Yeah. Legion of Superheroes, Doom Patrol. Okay. And uh, what's this? And uh, who is this? Young Justice. Considering all the things that are in DC, these are very non-traditional favorites. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, because my, my dad was a big comic book collector mm. growing up, and then uh, what what I really uh, I act, like I, I found myself in comics because of like his because uh, he was a big comic collector when he was in college. Yeah. So I found his college uh, comic book collection in his like childhood home, and then from there I kind of like read a lot of like the niche stuff, like you know Legion of Superheroes, Doom Patrol stuff like that, and that's like kind of like the stuff I fell in love with. Something something that I remember that people always used to tell me when I was younger is that. Uh... Uh, people used to bully nerds like us a lot, yeah. right? Like, and uh, they were always, you would always tell us, right? Like, uh, when, we grew up, when we grow up, when we graduate, these nerds will be taking over the world. Has that been true for you? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, like, I, I don't think we live in an era where people fit into mm. one label anymore. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, like even, even the data shows, huh? like, over 60 to 70% of people in the world play video games. Mm. Like, they wouldn't define themselves as gamers, but they play video games. Like, we're living in an, a time where having hobbies that, are con that were considered, you know, quote-unquote weird in the past are now considered normal. So I think maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe we're just blessed to be in an age where, you know, like, hobbies aren't necessarily uh, frowned upon anymore. And to think about hobbies, tell us more about the future of Conquest. Like, where is it going? What do you think it will be? Considering the pandemic, is there a future? Is there a Conquest 2021? Conquest 2021, uh, I wouldn't hold your breath out for that. Like, we're, we're still deep into this pandemic. The Philippines still hasn't, like, uh, started, you know, mass vaccination. So at the end of the day, our goal is the safety of attendees and creating a great experience for everyone. So maybe we'll do... Because the fifth anniversary of Conquest is coming up in December. Like, December 16, 2021 is going to be the fifth anniversary of Conquest. But we're not going to push it if it doesn't make sense, you know? Okay, okay. So these are things that I always ask our guests on Coffeinated. First is, what does a regular day look like to you? Mm, a regular day for me, like, uh, okay, this, this, one's, uh, this one's a little weird. So I wake up, I wake up 8 or 9, 8 or 9, uh, 8 or 9 p.m., 8 or 9 a.m. pala. Then I go to the gym. Then I go to our office. And, here at Marriott. Yeah, here at Marriott, beautiful actually. beautiful courtyard Shout, shout outs to Marriott. Yeah. yeah. And then I go to the office or work from home. So we, uh, yeah, I alternate between office and working from home. And then I leave work at 6 p.m., go back home, uh, study from 6 to 11 p.m., 
Then I have another job from 12 midnight to 4 a.m. So I have four hours, four hours of sleep every day. Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, like, it's not an ideal situation, you know, juggling two jobs, going to school. But it's something that I find a lot of happiness in. It's not for everyone. I thought you just said that you were supposed to take time for yourself, dude. Don't be burned out. Yeah, it's, I, it's, 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 it's uh, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. That's my time for myself. Wow. Because it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's also weird because right now I go to school remotely. Mm. So a lot of my classes are in the opposite time zone. Mm. So I have classes at 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. U.S. time. So that roughly translates to around 12 midnight to 4 p.m. Uh, 12 midnight to 4 a.m. here in the Philippines. So, you know, it's not the ideal situation, but... Honestly, being being home has helped my helped my mental health a lot, naman. And uh, I forgot to talk about this earlier. A lot of what you've been doing has been inspiring a lot of opportunities, uh, school-based initiatives that have been started by some members of your team and even by some schools themselves who are trying to look for help with trying to start yeah. an esports organization. It's creating a movement just from this high school project that you thought about, right? Yeah. Like Aaron has now started the University of San Agustin. Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles, right? Yeah. And now we're seeing so many other people seeing it as a, as not just something that that wastes time, that makes kids more violent. It's changing the nature and the understanding and the perception yeah. around gaming. And now it's creating a full industry of uh, of people who are who will be entering gaming in the future how how when you look at all of the things that you've done so far how do you view the larger picture of what you've done from a high school project well the the, the things i would say directly is that there's more work to be done like that's the that's i what i always tell myself so there's always I love more that work answer to be done. there's more work to be done i love that answer you can't really look back life, life is a work in progress eh? like i don't believe in the notion of like looking back and like just like seeing saying that we've come so far because there's still a lot, uh, like there's still a long way to go. Eh? Like we still haven't reached the point where gaming is a truly mass accepted hobby. We still haven't reached the point where most schools have a gaming organization. So there's still like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that we've got we've gone uh, so far. I'm happy that so many people are coming up and creating their own programs. Like people are getting into gaming, creating their own esports organizations on campuses. But seeing that just inspires me to do better. Like it shows me that. It can go even farther, you know. What's the future of Akaterina looking like? Uh, well, the future of Akaterina, uh, our goal for this year is to uh, expand and you know cover more of the Philippines, really reach more regional areas. Because admittedly, the majority of our programs are currently based in Manila. You know, we have a, we have an esports organization partner in pretty much every major university in uh, NCR, but our our reach here in Visayas Mindanao still has a like given given the disparity between you know access to a lot of things here in the Visayas region, it's understandable. But for this year, we really want to work on our reach here in the in the provinces to really bring esports here to the provincial schools too. Didn't San Agustin just win uh, a tournament at Academia? Uh No, they finished second actually, which oh, is a uh, which is actually really good because that was the so Iloilo is always the it's actually the outlier. Eh? Iloilo is the outlier out of all of the provinces actually because we're the only region who you know, matches up to Manila for most of the part, whether that was uh, Central Philippine University from 2016 to 2019 and San Agustin from 2020 onward. Iloilo has always been the outlier. 
So I wouldn't actually use Iloilo as a basis for that because we're a pretty progressive city in general, right? And but a lot of areas still need like uh, work to be done. So we're definitely working on reaching out to more areas in the Philippines. And once that's done, we're looking at expanding into Singapore and Malaysia as well. All right. So it's not just really even about Philippines, but it's a larger scope of things that you're trying to form now. Yeah, thanks to our partners at Globe Telecom and uh, Twitch, we've been uh, we've been blessed with uh, you know the leeway and uh, uh, you know the machinery in order for us to reach so many students. And for that, we you know we have to make sure that we maximize those opportunities given to us. And then share those opportunities with other people. Exactly, like it's you know like share the love. All right, all right. So now, uh, can you give me three key takeaways for all of our viewers and listeners out there? Mm, make time for yourself. Like I'm actually, I, I should actually take my own advice. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, this that's, is the second time you mentioned that, and you gave me your day, and it didn't seem like yeah, you had like, a lot like of time you know, like like the the funny thing is, I I need to take more of my own advice regarding this like stuff. But yeah, make time for yourself. Uh, don't give up on your dreams, and uh, passion is not enough. Uh, okay, here's here's the here's my hot take because. A lot of people actually say that all you need to do in order to make it in esports is passion, but that's actually like so wrong. Eh? It's uh, like if you're gonna enter a scene or like anything, like any yeah, field, yeah. like advertising, law, medicine, anything, if you enter it with just passion, you're just gonna get burnt out. Yeah. So what you actually need are goals and skills. And that's what we're actually here at Academy to do. We're here to really help people find their goals and help them develop their skills so that they don't enter into this industry blindly. There's actually a misconception that uh, it's what it's passion that keeps people going. No, no, no. Passion is just a spark. Exactly. Like, and discipline is what keeps people going. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, you know, like, uh, this is actually something that I ask people who uh, interview with us for interns, for internships. This is actually like a question I actually ask them all, all the time. Like, what do you value more, passion or commitment? Mm. And I don't think there's a right answer to that. It's just, I just want to know how they like, feel about that. But for me, my personal stance for it is similar to yours. Passion is the spark. Commitment is what keeps you going. So there it is. Thank you, Justin, for being player two today. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling everybody about gaming that it's not that bad. And... I will give you. I will ask for your number in order for me to possibly change careers sometime. Yeah, let's talk to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you, Justin, for being with us here today, and thank you for sharing a mug with us on Coffee Nathan. Thank you. The world today offers amazing new opportunities to create communities. We all want to be in a place where we are accepted for who we are and what we love. There's a saying that gamers live many lives, so let's try and make them all count. Find your own circle, make your own rules, and live your own dreams. We're brewing more and more of these stories every other Wednesday. We're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you usually get your podcasts. This episode is produced by Prometheus Productions. I'm El Cid, and we're at Courtyard by Marriott Iliilo. We'll catch you again next time on Coffeinated, so keep living life one coffee mug at a time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.